Hello and welcome to the 11th episode of You Plus Me Equals RP, a podcast dedicated to all those unappreciated writers and our peers out there. Every other week, I'll dive into the internet and bring to you some of the very best storylines, roleplay groups, or profiles that you may want to join. From written roleplay, tabletop, and even LARPing. Maybe you're in need of a muse boost? Well, I, Helen Kirsch, will be here to help you with that. Hey everyone, so I have some news on the new RP page. It's a little bit of good and a little bit of bad. I have a core functioning site written. It's still rudimentary in its design with a status stream that will allow all pictures and videos to be posted. Profiles that have those status streams and allow you to see your messages just between you and that user without having to go to a different page. I'll be adding comments, a gallery, blogs, bulletins, all that good stuff, um, hopefully in the next few weeks, so that you only have to go to that user's page to see what they've been up to, and just by switching between a few tabs at the top of the page. Of course, I do want everyone to be able to bring their layouts with them, but the initial page itself will have everything all in one place. So if you're not very savvy when it comes to CSS or HTML, uh, the page itself is still very much functional and actually easy for you. In fact, I kind of like the way it looks. I may not even use layouts when this thing's done because everything is all in one place. It's a very quick tab, alternate between each section, uh, and it's pretty much all catered to just viewing your things. I did put out a poll to uh, the Out of the Woods group and to see what they liked. Um, some people liked to be able to see other people's comments on your page or another person's page in addition to their own. Other people were saying that all they care about is just seeing their own comments in someone's comments. So I'm going to try to see if I can have it where you can just look at your comments if you want to, or you can also look at other people's comments. I'd also like to hear your opinion. Um, do you like looking at other people's comments? Do you prefer just to see your own comments on their page? Maybe something that allows you to kind of see your storyline between you and that user. Um, any kind of comments, any kind of ideas are also very much appreciated. Um, there are a lot of features I hope to bring into it, but it's going to be a surprise for when I actually code it. Uh, I'm actually looking at degree programs now that teach computer programming because I'm really into this and I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I do get now why there are so many profiles that exist with people creating beautiful backgrounds and profile layouts for people. I've been doing many tutorials and paying for all of those with my own money out of my own pocket. And of course, some of the Out of the Woods members did assist with giving me some money in order to pay for the first month of the web hosting for it. Um, the last two months I've been paying out of my own pocket as well. Um, but if you guys could check out the GoFundMe page and donate what you can, uh, we would really appreciate it. The website is costing a bit to start up, and although a few of us have been covering a few of the things, we are still having an issue with paying for all of it. So if you could check that out, it's gf.me slash u slash x6yrp5. If you could check that out, please, I'd really appreciate it. But this week, I wanted to talk a bit about original characters. I posted a bulletin and some status streams asking a few questions such as, are you more likely to create a canon character or an original character? How about in groups? Are you more likely to take a canon role or an original character role? And why? What about RPing with canon or original? Which ones do you tend to gravitate towards? Do you have rules restrictions that keep you from writing with a certain one? 
Now, canon characters are ones that you might see in a TV show. Characters like Liz Parker from Roswell. Those characters are shut up. They were created by someone else. They're already in existence with a background, full history, all that good stuff. Uh, obviously, the original character is one that's created that doesn't exist except for in a situation that you created or that a group might have created. I did receive a few responses, but because our PME has had a bit of a transition, I didn't get too many. When I say transition, I mean that there are a lot of people that are leaving the site to join other RP sites that are currently popping up. Um, I am considering joining a few of them when I have a moment, but you know, obviously right now I'm behind on so much. I actually need to take a few days off to work on responses uh, because I've been coding the days that I was supposed to be working on responses and starters. So anywho, uh, Tor has been so helpful with voicing their opinion on so many of these topics. I wanted to read what Tor said exactly because it's very interesting. So Tor says, I've been role-playing for a good 20 plus years myself, and I didn't start writing canon characters until 2017. In fact, I didn't even know writing canon characters was a thing, as every site I've ever RP'd on wrote original characters, just as I did. No, I'm not a MySpace vet. I've actually RP'd on no less than 20 different sites, all different types of sites as well, but sure, that's a different story entirely. I like the creative freedoms that are given by original characters, how the sky is truly the limit. In fact, when I first learned about canon characters back in 2015, when I first joined rpeer.me, I wasn't so sure about them. I still added them. In fact, I still have a John McLean on the page of my first character since I joined five years ago. He was actually the one who showed me that my thoughts on them being so restricted was wrong. Since then, I have learned that a canon character can, in fact, have many of the same creative freedoms an original character can. Where I struggle with canons are the ones that are strictly by the books, meaning they won't go off script. I run an RPG that is in high demand of alternate universe. It's how so many verses run together so smoothly. And without that flexibility, my RPG, and several others like it, I think it now has four or five on a roleplayer.me, would not exist. They wouldn't be able to. So I think that as long as there is flexibility, the desire and capability to become AU, that canon characters can be absolutely magical. Perhaps so, just as magical as original characters. I do also feel that original characters are downplayed by canon characters. As a whole, as if they're not good enough, which is one reason I love the subject, a way to raise awareness and allow for each to be equally recognized and given the respect they both deserved. Now, Patrick was very strained about his response of canon versus original characters. I want to get down to the nitty-gritty. Sadly, I haven't had the chance, so in brief summation, OC overcomes canon always. Canon oftentimes is a bastardization of someone else's work, be it merely out of ideal honor with the fanfic moniker or not. As a writer and creator myself, I know I would not applaud the idea of someone twisting my work around to fit their jaded ideal or preference with gender, sexuality, or personality adjustments. It is better to take inspiration of an idea and make something new than to play someone else's work. And it keeps the critiques away. We so often hear about how, quote, they're horrible, insert canon character's name, end quote, or, quote, they stole the PB I used for that canon character and they're copying me, end quote. Ironically, oblivious to the idea that they are all copying the idea of a writer or creator whose work they are using. And that's Patrick. Uh, obviously, he is an original character, and most of the characters I think he RPs with are also original characters. 
Peyton was succinct in her response, but she was pretty clear about her choice. Quote, I like original characters. You can expand your imagination more, whereas canon, you have a set character. I used to be in RPGs, but not a fan. You always clash with one or more people, and then there are cliques in every group. Too much OOC drama, end quote. And that's very much based on personal experiences. Uh, I happen to enjoy both. I have canon characters like Bo, Melissa Glacier, Crowley, Liz Parker, etc. But I also have a great deal more original characters, including Beauty, Serafina, Lenore Allen, etc. Each of these have their own uniqueness to them. Even the canon characters have taken a complete detour from what makes them canon so that they're now my own. They have their own stories and adventures that have deviated from the norm. But there's something magical about having an original character that you've created from scratch, or that someone else has for a group, that you can mold and put your own personality into. Some of my favorite experiences were in groups that use original characters. Having a character that I could put all my creativity into to come alive is part of the fun of writing. Without having to remember if something that happened in a show could have a lasting impact on your character, or the exact minutia details of that episode so that you can get that memory correct when you're describing it to someone. As an OC, you have complete control over that. The only difficult thing about an OC character, though, is that if you do create a memory and you do describe it to someone, you're going to have to remember it because you might have to refer back to it maybe at a different time or in a different post to that person. Don't want to get that wrong. So up next, I'm going to talk a bit about my experiences with groups and even read something that I wrote from one of my OC characters in that group. I mentioned that some of the groups have some of my favorite memories and experiences. Now, why would groups have some of those favorite memory and experiences? Well, most people would say that writing one-on-one -on -one with people tends to yield better storylines. And in some cases, this is very true. But I've been part of some amazing groups that had mandatory blocks that move the storyline along. Sometimes they'll have posts that kind of guide the story where it'll say like so-and-so does this and mentions this. And the one below that would be so-and-so responds with this and does this and so on and so forth until a story is actually created. You still have obviously freedoms. You still have thoughts that you can put in for the character. But in order to move the story along, they add points that you have to hit for each one. So remember when I said that I enjoyed groups that had blog-driven storylines? Most of my writing in RP Entertainment came from these blogs. When I look back over the various groups I've been in, the ones I truly remember and enjoyed are the ones that helped develop my characters' connections through these blogs and storylines. My absolute favorite group that was owned by someone else that I miss more than anything is Purgatory. Yes, obviously my personal own group, uh, those that remain, is still going to be my favorite of all time. And I may eventually bring it back, but that will probably be when I get the RP site up and running the way it's supposed to. That way I can kind of test it out and see, make sure everything's working. Now Purgatory was owned by Isaac and it was co-ran by a few other people who quit a little after I joined. I was part of Celestial's Falls, Capital Vices, Dimidium Semina Academy, and Dark Melodies. If you guys have been part of these groups, you guys all probably have an idea in your head of what these groups were like and remember what they were. And hopefully you had wonderful experiences like I did. And I'll probably touch on each one of these groups at some point with permission from the group owners. I did get permission from Isaac to talk about this. So yeah. <laughs> now there are a few other groups in between these and even after, but they didn't last long enough to really get writing. 
some of them died out or I left because of conflicting opinions. What Peyton had said about OOC drama and having conflict with uh, other group members, I've had the same experiences. I may not have gotten along with the owners or I didn't agree with something else or I was lost on what they wanted from me from that character. So it it happens. Um, Not everyone's going to get along. The funny part is that there are a few of those people uh, that were in all these groups with me or most of them. Uh, Isaac, for example, that was in all, I think he wasn't in Dark Melodies with me. But the owner of Dark Melodies wasn't all of them with me. And she even played Sylvia in my Those That Remain group. Here's where I said that you make some amazing friends when you roleplay. I'm still friends with all of them, although we're all in different areas now. And I've been making new friends in other places like my friend Julia. I had mentioned in one of the first episodes that I wanted to do a few episodes regarding some of my old groups. And since I didn't get a group or a character this week, I figured it would be a great time to do that. So this week I wanted to talk about purgatory. And I did get permission from Isaac to do so. Recently I've been feeling a bit nostalgic for this group. Yeah, never mind. I, I do always, always feel nostalgic for this group. I joined this group around August of 2012 as Ivy Coleman, a blonde badass who was using the play-by of Teresa Palmer, who, by the way, is one of my favorite actresses to use for my roles. Anyway, I surprisingly wasn't the first person to play her. There was actually another art peer who had her before I did, and I was so happy that she was available because she was one of my favorite roles. Later on, I took over another character as well, actually a few other characters, where I ended up meeting my dear friend Luke, who played my character Lacey's brother. We actually ended up growing close um, and RP'd in a lot of different places before eventually we just kind of lost touch with each other. Uh, Anyway, Purgatory was a post-apocalyptic group set during a zombie virus. Kind of like The Walking Dead, which had only been on for a few years at this point. Feared The Walking Dead wasn't around yet. And this particular group took place in L.A. And it was about a group of survivors who came together and attempted to make an apartment building into their home. My character Ivy was part of the apartment group. Later, they end up coming across a group that was from a prison, and the two groups clashed with an all-out war that had ended, or nearly ended, the apartment building. Um, Season 2 had a dramatic battle that got a lot of characters killed, and my character Lacey was part of the prison group that raided the building. I loved this group so much that I wanted more characters to write as because I literally couldn't wait to respond to blog posts. I remember writing a blog story with a character I took over named Sienna, who was part of the apartment building group, and she was the love interest of Isaac. Uh, she, Isaac, and a character named Brody decided to take a trip to a water treatment plant because the water had been shut off to the building. So they went to the water treatment plant to try to get it back on. Now, this blog was great because it was one of the first times that they faced this monstrous zombie-like creature in an enclosed space. I remember wrapping up that blog and thinking that Isaac had been killed because in that group, a lot of great characters were killed off without warning, and it was both heartbreaking and exhilarating. So what happened to the group? Well, that's a good question. (laughs) A lot happened to the group, but it essentially boiled down to the fact that Isaac ran out of time and inspiration to run the group. I tried to help as much as I could, but because it was the first time trying to help out with a group, I wasn't very good at doing blogs. I took the practice of my own group to get the hang of it, which I'll probably talk about in another episode completely. So today I'm going to share with you a starter I wrote for my connection, Ryan Sullivan. He played Ivy's love interest with the face of Channing Tatum. 
Uh, they stuck together in the beginning because they could both rely on each other and they were both capable. And then they found attraction in each other and eventually fell in love. So this starter was just before they met each other. What was it her parents used to say to her and her brothers when she was younger? Silence is golden. That was it. Funny how much of her life was lived in silence now. Ivy was never good at remaining silent growing up. With three brothers, she had to be loud enough so that she didn't fade into the background and into obscurity. This eventually joined her in high school, where she couldn't stand blending in and being just like everyone else she came in contact with. Although this often caused her problems, at least no one forgot Ivy Coleman. At least no one forgot her until the zombie apocalypse became a reality. Priorities changed, and people changed. Things that seemed so important to the living now seemed like small, trivial things. Bills, jobs, what sports team was winning whatever sport. All of it was lost in the basic instincts of survival. Family, friends, and food were all that mattered now. Loneliness is a horrible thing to face when the world's falling apart around someone. Surviving begins to take on a whole new meaning. Ivy took to the streets and survived like it was second nature, and she never looked back. There were moments where her mind would wander to the old days, usually when she ventured to a street where a friend used to live and she wondered what happened to them. Ivy hadn't yet been brave enough to go into that apartment or attempt to find out. As much as she wanted to know, she was afraid of what she would find if she did. None of her friends had been tough enough or smart enough to survive, and she knew it. Ivy had been the one in her group of friends that was usually the loudest and the most protective. It wasn't hard to point them out and know which one she was in that large group. So in the end, so in the end, it made it so much harder when every little bit of her normal life had fallen apart, the seams. The routine changed. She was no longer getting up to go to work, taking a shower, eating breakfast, and leaving earlier to beat the traffic. Now she was getting up and fortifying her apartment making sure everything was reinforced and that she had several clear escape routes out of the building. Like a mad woman with OCD, she went through her supplies diligently at least two to three times a day to make sure she wasn't forgetting something. It was a definite change from what she was used to, and like the survivor she was, she fell into the routine easily. One thing Ivy prided herself on was her ability to adapt to any situation. That included this fucking apocalypse. Ivy shook out a small blanket and folded it neatly before packing it into a backpack. She gathered a few other supplies, which included enough food to last her two days, water for two days, a few first aid materials, and then the very things her dad had taught her to always keep with her when she was out in the wilderness. Matches, a compass, a mirror, etc. Not that she felt she truly needed the compass. This city was a jungle, truly, although this was her city. She knew the streets better than she knew her apartment but she brought it with her anyway. She grabbed an additional duffel bag and slung it easily over her shoulder before picking up the 32 she found the first day of the apocalypse. That day, Ivy had been lucky in more ways than one. Not only had she managed to escape the horde that had been moving swiftly toward her position, but she managed to elude them and find a well-maintained handgun that had saved her life more than once. That weapon had been the only thing that had stayed with her the last few months. Funny how quickly time flies felt like it had been years since the infrastructure had collapsed. Ivy secured the gun belt around her waist, making sure to include a few more magazines in one of the side pockets before holstering her weapon. She was comfortable with guns, and the weight of it pressing against her hip made her feel incredibly at ease. Not specifically with the situation, but she did have an increased sense of confidence. The machete she'd acquired on her last trip out into the city was lying ready against her front door. 
It had become the only weapon she used, except when it was an emergency. The machete allowed for a clean disposal when she was faced with one or two of those rotting corpses that staggered out in the streets below. Ivy picked it up and twirled it in her hand before removing the locks and then placing her free hand upon the doorknob. The door creaked open with a sound that could rival horror movies. It didn't offer her a pleasant sensation in her stomach, and it didn't give her a positive feeling for her impending supply run. Slowly, she stuck her head out into the hall and looked in both directions. The way her building was set up offered her a very secure location. It only consisted of six apartments on each floor, with five doors, including a lobby that didn't hold any apartments. There were three on one side and three across on each floor. Each set was separated by a large hallway directly down the center, connected by two stairwells that each led up to the roof. Every apartment had a balcony that overlooked an alley below and the building directly across, but she avoided them because of the leaping undead that she had noticed on more than one occasion. The hallway was empty, which was what she was expecting. When she had first returned to her apartment after the first day, she had cleaned out the entire stairwell and the hallways. Little by little that first month, she cleared out apartment after apartment, gathering whatever supplies she could from them and returning to her own. Never did she touch their personal items or jewelry. It meant little now. All she wanted was food and water. Unfortunately, the apartments had very little of anything, and some of them were completely empty because the owner had yet to lease them out. It didn't matter anymore. There was nothing left in the building. She had gone through every room multiple times. The hallway was eerily quiet and hadn't filled up the zombies overnight, which was a good sign. She allowed herself to smile and stepped out into the hall, locking her apartment door behind her. It was probably a stupid habit she should seriously consider breaking, but she didn't want to risk it. If someone was curious enough to search this building, they would have to break her door down to get into it. If she was desperate to get into her apartment for safety, she would inevitably be screwed. Without dwelling on it any longer, Ivy turned and hurried to one of the stairwells at the end of the hall and slowly opened that door. Again, eerie silence echoed back to her. There were no groans or shuffling, which was a very good sign. Taking the stairs to it of time, she reached the first floor and pressed her ear against the door, listening for anything on the other side, and she was met with distinctive sounds of groans. The undead fuckers had somehow gotten into the first floor of the apartment building. Ivy hesitated for a long time, keeping her ear pressed against the door, listening to the shuffling footsteps. She was trying to figure out exactly how many there were, and if she was going to make it through them using only her trusty machete, which she nervously twirled in her hand. There was always her handgun, but she was running low on bullets, and she wasn't sure if she was going to have enough for every single one. There was only one other way out of the building, and that was through the other stairwell, but it would exit through the same lobby and only directly across from her. The shuffling came close to the door and then stopped. Ivy held her breath and waited until it started again and moved away from the door. It was now or never. Ivy placed her hand upon the doorknob and pushed the door open quickly, hoping that if anything was behind the door, it would be shoved away. Nothing was there, and as she stepped into the lobby, the heads of seven zombies turned in her direction. None of them were near the front door to her right, and she was incredibly relieved. The closest one to her lunged immediately in her direction, and she raised the machete, swinging it with her shoulder, putting a great deal of muscle behind it, and lodged it into the side of the head. Ivy dislodged it with a quick tug, and the others were already beginning to converge on her, and she took a split second to analyze what was happening before she turned and darted out into the street. Immediately, she regretted her rash decision. But a hundred of the city's undead had somehow migrated to her building. 
perhaps they smelled her or knew there was some sort of living person around because as soon as she ran out into the street, she skidded to a stop and they all again turned to look at this new morsel. A unanimous growl echoed from the crowd and filled her ears. This was going to suck. Ivy rushed through the crowd, looking for the most unobstructed path. It was difficult with a large mob, but she had been lucky. With the bag still on her back and her gun in her hip, Ivy clutched that machete and hacked the closest hands that reached for her. The smell was almost intolerable as they pressed in around her, but she didn't stop moving. To stop moving would mean death, and the death she was expected to experience would have been a slow and painful one. Little by little, she moved, dodged, ducked, rolled, hacked, until she reached the end of the street. The other end was clear, but by this point she was breathing heavy from her exertion. The crowd was still moving behind her and encroaching on her position. With a deep breath, Ivy took off in a sprint down the street toward a blockade that had been set up in order to keep the undead from entering the heart of the city. It had been a failure for the most part, but if she could at least reach it before the slow-moving zombies did, she would at least have a pretty good head start until she could officially lose them deeper in the city. The blockade consisted of a hundred or so sandbags stacked up on top of each other, and then a metal set of bars that were wrapped with barbed wire. There were a few zombies that had somehow gotten caught in the barbed wire that then crisscrossed up the sandbags, but they could easily be avoided. Ivy climbed the makeshift mountain, easily avoiding the hands of the rotting corpses. As she reached the top, the horde had finally reached the barricade and some had even begun attempting to climb up after her. Without looking back, she slowly began the descent down the other side, again avoiding the outstretched hands. She reached the other side and again sprinted down the street, taking many corners and alleys, until she felt she was relatively safe and out of harm's way. In this city, she felt that she was never 100% safe. There were always going to be something hunting and tracking her no matter where she went. After a moment to catch her breath and gather herself, Ivy took a moment to look around her. This was a part of the city she had avoided out of fear. At one time, this area had housed the military base, an area that was one of the first evacuation points in the city. The survivors had been encouraged to join them at the base, where food, water, and first aid was guaranteed, until one affected idiot thought they could have been safe to join the others. Then, all hell broke loose. At least that's what she surmised at the sight of all the dead and rotting corpses. She stepped out of the shade and assessed the large fence that surrounded the compound. There might be some helpful supplies in this place. Perhaps her bad luck had finally taken a turn for the better. There had to be a way in, and she was going to find it. So that was my starter to Ryan. Um, at this point, I was hoping that she would go into the base and she would eventually meet him. In the actual profile and how the storyline was set up was that Ryan is in this military base and he comes across one of those giant huge monsters. If you guys have ever played Left 4 Dead or Left 4 Dead 2, the tanks, kind of like that. And he's taking it on, on by himself and she ends up saving his butt by killing it for him. It was supposed to be kind of like a starter of how they kind of found each other and then we were going to go from there and kind of explore the characters together. And Ryan was one of the harder ones to keep going. Um, one person wasn't inactive. The other person quit after a little while. So it was one of those characters that was really hard to fill. But when I had a chance to actually write with them, it was a lot of fun. I don't have a profile for you to add because you can't write with me on this one because it was deleted due to inactivity. Um, I might eventually remake her, but I don't really want to RP with the Walking Dead people because this other world has different kinds of zombies and 
It was different from how it started from The Walking Dead. And I also have tried to RP with some of those people and I found it incredibly difficult. Either I didn't get anything more than one word responses when I was trying to discuss storylines, which is incredibly difficult, or <laughs> they had defaults that they stuck to and didn't want to branch out and write with anyone else. So I'm still trying to talk to Isaac into bringing the group back and doing a reboot, but I have a feeling that he's not going to budge. And it's a shame because I really miss the group. It only had a few people who kind of became their own clique, but for the most part, everyone wrote together and we had a great time. Some people have had bad experiences in groups and it's a shame to let it taint your interest in other groups because there are some really great ones out there that would love to have you as a member. I'm not really in the mood for board games or LARPing groups this week. It's kind of hard to stick to an OC theme, um, but if you have a board game or LARPing group that you want to suggest for episode 12, send them in to me and do send in your profiles and writings too. Uh, otherwise, I'm just going to have to talk about other RPGs that I was in in the next episode and even get more nostalgic on you. And I'm sure you don't want that. So, you know, send me your stuff. Even if you're no longer in the group and you kind of want to talk about your experience with that your group that you used to be in and how much you loved it and send me some writings from that, I'm down for that. I would love to hear about your stories and your RPGs that you were in that you miss and maybe bring them back. Um, if not, I'll just bore you with how I'm I'm now playing State of Survival and start recruiting you guys for mobile games. No, I'm not getting paid to advertise for them. No. But I do spend an ungodly amount of time on there and my alliance is always recruiting people. So you can talk about that too if you want to message me. Anyway, <laughs> the writing prompt for this week was Missed Connections, uh, writing about two people who keep crossing paths but miss actually meeting. I didn't get anything for this, but I was sure that someone would have some things that in. Um, I can't tell you how many I've done where I've kind of just set things up like in my IV starter without even seeing the person. I always let the other person decide where they are and what they're doing before coming across my character organically. It makes it more interesting for me that way. The next writing prompt is question mark. An unexpected question asked to a character and their reaction. And I love putting my characters into awkward situations, so this should be really interesting. Anytime I can force my character to do something that I would be awkward in doing, yeah, it's really invigorating. Just remember to get these in by Friday, July 17th, unless you're getting in to me late, then send me a message to let me know it's coming. I don't mind putting up my recording. You can send these to me on Roleplayer, Twitter, Facebook, any, pretty much anywhere. Anywhere you can send me a message, you're totally welcome to send yours in. Remember, you can also find any links and pages on my Roleplayer page, roleplayer.me slash 1604302, as well as all the links to previous profiles and groups that I've talked about in the last episodes. Obviously, Purgatory is not on there. Uh, there's Ivy, but everybody else is on there. I still haven't gotten that page together, um, but I was thinking about doing something about it when I get paid. Since I've been playing around with coding, I figured I may do something with it, maybe throwing up my current layout and kind of working on that. But you guys will get a page to visit and submit your writing to so that I can feature it without you having to make a role player page. But in the meantime, I'm all kind of all over the place trying to get a role play site up for everyone to feel safe and comfortable. But please do visit our GoFundMe page and give what you can or at least share it. That's the best thing we can ask for get word out and we'll try to do something special for those who want to join the page when it's up gf.me slash u slash 
X6YRP5. Don't forget to send me messages with your ideas and writings. You can message me any writing you would like to be featured, and I'll get a spot on here to talk about you. Just make sure you read the rules and complete the questionnaire before you submit anything. Everyone is welcome, all writers and anyone who wants to share their work. Do follow me and like me on Twitter, Facebook, and they're both at you, me, RP, you, Merp. Uh, thank you for all who's listening, whether you do on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, or Google Play. I want to give a special thank you to all of my Patreon donors, uh, Rue, Kelly, Lou, Big B, and Charlie. Um, if you guys can donate, we would really appreciate it. If not, I do understand, but please do rate and review with five stars everywhere you listen. It does help. So until the week after next, uh, stay creative and stay safe. Stay safe.